out there, podcast land. You're centered now once again to Combat Sports Rhino, as we love to call it over here, CSWR, episode 38. Boy, oh boy, we had some fights last night. <laughs> it was one of those situations where, like, I loved the prelims, and then I loved the Llamas fight uh, versus Bill, and I was like, okay, man, we're, we're, we're going strong. This would be a good night, and then things kind of fizzled for the remainder of the evening, for at least for me, from, from my perspective. So uh, on this episode today, we are going to be going over our Dana White Contender Series recap from last Tuesday. Uh, we also have our Las Vegas 8 breakdown. We are also going to be talking to Drea for her drop of the night and to get our picks for UFC Las Vegas 9, Sakai versus Uberim. And then we got some fire questions from the Rhino gang. Uh, as, uh, as well as some um, commentary via Rhino. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So Dana White Contender Series on Tuesday. And like I said before, we're not going to recap the whole show. I'm just going to kind of tell you who fought and then who got a contract. Uh, in the 185-pound division, Colin Huckbody, or yeah, Huckbody, got the win over Kyron Bowen and did get a contract. So we'll look for him in middleweight. Uh, Anthony Romero got the UD over Mike Breeden. He did not get a contract. Uh, at the 125-pound division, Jeffrey Molina, which was a good fight versus Jacob Silva. Uh, very exciting, very um, very dynamic, this kid, Jeffrey Molina. I really liked him. So uh, he got a contract. I bet you Silva will see down the road as well with the performance that he put on and how tough he was. Uh, then we got to the 145-pound division in his second-round guillotine for Rafael Alves over Alejandro Flores. He got a contract. And then finally, Jamie Pickett. Uh, with an amazing flurry, got the win. I believe they said it was his third try on the Contender Series. So he got a big win over uh, Jonathan Patti. It was an awesome fucking stoppage. I enjoyed the fight very much. I really enjoyed, again, this week of Dana White Contender Series fights. They put on, they were, they were evenly matched. Everybody seemed to really want it and go hard. I was very impressed, very much appreciated it. So... Let's go ahead and dive into our Las Vegas 8 breakdown from last night. On the prelims, we had Emily Whitmire versus Pollyanna Viana. Uh, this was one of the first of several subs in a row last night, right? Like, last night ended up being very much a sub-fest, at least early on. So, uh, Pollyanna Viana, uh, she shook off kind of the early takedown from Whitmer, got herself into position, pulled off a beautiful arm bar. Yeah, dude, and the 115 vision is pretty wide open right now, and I think Pollyanna Viana could definitely make some noise. I think Whitmire's a good fighter, but Viana is just a fucking wizard on the ground. She did a great job. Sub-fucking-first-round uh, armbar for Pollyanna Viana. We'll see what's next for those two. Um, then we had Mallory Martin staying in the 115-pound division, getting a second-round sub over Hannah Cyphers. Now, we have a great question from the homie Kairos in the uh, voice question section later on about Hannah Cyphers. But in this one, Cyphers came out, coming off three losses, was going for broke, hit a huge overhand right on Martin's chin, put her down, really tried to finish the fight, was unable to, right? Martin did a good job of kind of, you know, stalling her out and kind of getting to the end of the round, pulling guard at one point, And then the second, boom, right away, Mallory Martin gets her to the ground, Pulls off a rear naked choke that Cypher's really got finished pretty fast in the second, dude. So uh, a second round sub for Mallory Martin, and we will be discussing Hannah Cypher's a little bit later on in the show. So moving on to Sean Brady, who, my gosh, dude, <laughs> that guy is a goddamn animal, dude. Uh, going against Chris Christian, don't call me Christina Aguilera. 
Uh, good left hooks from Brady throughout the fight caused a nice cut over Aguilera's eye. Uh, in, in the second round, Brady was able to pull off a beautiful guillotine sub. There was some nice inside information given by Paul Felder uh, when Brady slapped that on because they both trained together. Him and Brady have trained together as they're both Philadelphians, native Philadelphians. Shout out to Philadelphia. Uh, they, he said that when they would roll and you would get that guillotine on, he was stronger. Like he felt stronger and he felt like it was a, a position that he just could not get out of a reverse. This is Paul Felder we're talking about, dude. One of the most top tier 155ers of a long time and one of my favorite fighters ever, dude. So Paul Felder said it. I believed it and it ended up being true. Sean Brady put that fucking guillotine on Christian Aguilera and there was no getting out of it. He did fight it off for a while, but um, Brady just had to regrip and he had it and it was fucking. Over <laughs> Aguilera on second round stuff. Great Brady was great looking out there, dude. Really, uh, I, I look forward to seeing what's what's next for him at 170. He really he called for it in the post fight interview. He wants somebody, you know, ranked above him. And yeah, I think we're definitely going to hear some noise from this kid moving forward. So moving into the 145 pound or featherweight division, we got Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, longtime vet versus Austin Springer. Uh, this one was pretty. Weird, I think, for the first uh, first part of the round. They they were both throwing a lot, but not even coming close to hitting each other, right? Like, there's, there's something called range finding, which I understand, but then there's also throwing weird shots from odd angles at odd times, positioning where nobody was really hitting anybody. Uh, I didn't think this was going to be making for a fantastic fight if it went on too long, but thankfully enough, the homie Bruce Leroy, who looked totally different with his short haircut, I had a hard time getting into that because when I think of him, I think of him with the big hair. Uh, beat uh, Austin, got a first-round rear naked choke for Bruce Leroy. Good on him. He, he's got three fights in a row, dude. This kid, I know he's been around for a long time and had a lot of wins and had a lot of losses, but he's somebody who could really start to fucking climb the ladder, dude, if he puts everything together. He's a good fighter. I really like Alex Terrace, and he seems to have the right mentality, right? He doesn't take things like – he doesn't seem to be overwhelmed. He always seems to be happy. He always seems to be in a good mood, and he he likes fighting. So I, I'm definitely a fan of uh, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres. I don't suspect we'll see Austin Springer anytime soon. It was probably a one and done for him. So uh, good luck to him in the future. Uh, moving on to Alessio de Chiquito. Oh, man. Chirico? Yeah. The Italian versus the longtime vet, Zach Cummings. Uh, not much landed in the first. There was some even exchanges. Towards the end of the second round, business picked up. And in the third, uh, clearly, I thought Zach Cummings was winning this fight. In particular, at the very end of the fight, right as the buzzer was getting ready to go off, a beautiful head kick dropped Alessio to the ground. Uh, it, it looked like it actually finished him, but he kind of stumbled his way back to his corner. The ref did not call it. So Zach Cummings won the clear UD. Again, not a ton happened in the first and most of the second round, so you could have made a case for either one. But, boy, that's, that third round was amazing, especially what a stamp to end it, right? Holy shit, what a beautiful kick. I wish he would have gotten a little bit more aggressive. They both got worn several times throughout uh, throughout the fight to, you know, to engage Warren and make it more of a fight. But nonetheless, good win for Zach Cummings, uh, former training partner of Tyron Woodley. He, you know, he is what he is. He, he's a good fighter. He's nothing great. He's not going to be in the, I don't think he's going to work ever to talk about him in title contention at middleweight, but he's a good, he's a good fighter. And I look forward to seeing him again. All righty. Moving into one of my favorite fights of last night, Maki Coconut Bombs Patolo 
versus Impa Kasangane coming very soon off of his contender series win. I believe it was just two or three weeks ago. Uh, this was a lot of fun, man. This was fun throughout. Lots of fun combos. Um, both guys were landing. Kasangane was definitely, when he hit, it made more of an impact, right? Like, Patolo was, was sticking him, but when Kasangane would actually land, boy, he was opening up coconut bombs. He had a big swelling over the eye. Um, I thought Impa pulled further away in the second. He opened up the other eye in the second round. It was more Kasangane in the third, dude. It was definitely, I'm not going to say a coming out party, but it really was a good showing from somebody who I believe that was just his eighth fight last night. And two of them were like in the last month. So this kid has a lot of potential, really, really raw. Uh, I believe once he gets kind of, um, you know, more school and more training and some more things, he has really got the tools and the capability to make himself a real fucking headache for a lot of guys moving forward. I, I, I'm a really big fan. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. So that was our uh, feature prelim. Then we moved into the main card. And this is probably my favorite part of the night, dude. Ricardo Lamas versus Bill Aligo or Alejo, whatever, however, however you say it. Um, man, what a fun fight, dude. So uh, Lamas, longtime vet, former contender um, at 145 versus Bill Aligo coming off of uh, the regional scene. And he was much taller than Lamas, much longer. Lamas had that fucking short, compact body, you know, that he does. And he explodes. And Bill was definitely kind of trying to be on the outside with body kicks. They were both landing really beautiful, huge shots, really hurting each other. The The nice part about this fight was it had a good ebb and flow to it, right? So I thought Lamas probably had a little bit of the advantage in the first, but it could have gone either way. And then I thought Bill clearly won the second. He hurt Lamas. He had it with a beautiful big knee in the second round. I thought he kind of pulled away a little bit in the second round. And then in the third, holy shit. Ricardo Lamas was like, no, I am not taking another L, especially not to some young buck who, you know what I mean, he hasn't even fought the UFC. I, I definitely was so impressed with Lamas' third round. Strong, dominant wrestling, ground and pound, really put himself in really good positions. And I mean, Bill, to his credit, you know, held on and didn't get finished or anything, but man, it was a dominant third round. Lamas wins the unanimous decision. And and again, for, for sure on the main card, this was my favorite fight. And it was one of my top two or three for the entire fight card last night, for sure. Lots of back and forth, lots of good striking. I think Bill, uh, we should definitely see him again at 45. Or he's really, really tall. If he wants to move up to 55, I think he would do well there uh, with the way that he fights and how crafty he is. But he ran into a buzzsaw last night in Ricardo Lamas. So big ups to him. That was a fun fight. Uh, moving into the next fight, which I had really high hopes for, actually, uh, G. Leon Kim versus Alexa Grasso. I really thought this was going to be one of those fights that was uh, a striker's delight, right? Both of them usually are really good on their feet. Uh, Kim, Kim has good striking, but she really likes to have a her partner lead the dance, if you will, and then be able to counter. And Grasso is just that kind of fighter who is super aggressive, who leads a lot. She comes in with a lot of a lot of punches, a lot of different combinations, kicks. She flurries a lot. So I thought Kim was going to be able to kind of be able to pick, you know, pick shots and, you know, slip out of the way. And she did that a little bit. For the most part, this was really Grasso landing, Kim occasionally slipping and throwing something back, but pretty much just throwing one-twos. Grasso was more diverse in the portfolio. But again, this fight really did not live up to 
what I was kind of hoping, which ended up being the theme for the next three fights on the main card. But uh, yeah, so dude, so Grasso, <laughs> she clearly won the fight. And, and But again, I thought Leon Kim was just, I don't know what her deal was last night. She didn't bring any sort of aggression, right? She really was pretty much throwing a one-two and then standing around and backing up. So not the most exciting fight in the world, not the fight that I was hoping for or thinking was going to happen. So good win for Grasso. But, yeah, Kim, I don't know, man. She's got to reestablish some, something else with her offense to make her competitive and to make her be being on the main card again. Grasso did that. But I don't think Kim did. So, again, but I think Kim's a talented fighter, and I want to see her again, but I want to see her get back to that form of uh, where she's quite a bit more aggressive than she was last night. So, good win for Grasso. I think she is looks a lot better at 125 than she did at 15. I think she could absolutely ascend the ladder uh, at 125. But, like we've talked about before on the show, the problem with that is if you're at 125, the top of the mountain is the queen that is Valentina Shevchenko. And, don't nobody want that smoke. <laughs> so again, okay, fight. I wasn't really stoked on. I think I had too high of expectations for what we were gonna see. So uh speaking of that, dude, moving into our co-main event, ruthless Robbie Lawler, one of my top five all-time favorite fighters. I love the guy. I, I, I've been watching him for like 17 years at least. He he is the personification of what I love and loved about MMA, particularly early with his not just the brawling, but with his energy and with his passion. I was so stoked when he became champion. He He's had some of the best wars in the history of this fucking sport, dude. You want to talk about Rory McDonald, too, or Carlos Condit? I mean, he is just, I'm a stan. I stan Robbie Lawler. Last night was all Neil Magny, dude, from the very job. And I, you know, I like Neil Magny. I've never been a huge fan of him, but, you know, he's always been a very solid fighter. Not flashy. He's got to bring your lunch bucket to work kind of a dude. Very good on the ground. Um, you know, he's okay on the feet. Not great, but he, he's never really let that hold him back. He, he he really implemented his game plan last night. I think Robbie was – he looked a step slower than I'd seen him before. He looked like he didn't know how to counteract Neil Magny, particularly on the ground in a lot of positions. I thought Robbie was going to be stronger, but Magny – you know, it's, 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 uh, gosh, it's, it's deceiving how strong Neil Magny is because he's so slim, but you know, he's wiry. You ever saw the movie, the replacements with Keanu Reeves, remember the kicker? He's like, I'm wiry. <laughs> I think that's what Neil Magny is. I think he's stronger than he looks. He'd really held Robbie in some nice positions. He really had a great job with his Brazilian jiu-jitsu and his top, uh, how top heavy he was. I, I don't know, man. His his game plan really came into play. Robbie really never got off. The strike count was completely uh unbalanced to Neil Bagney's favor. Uh it was it was it was a bummer to see, man. I was hoping to see some like a really good fucking fight. And what we saw was a really good fight from Magney and not so much from Robbie Lawler. So what's next for him? We've got a question about that in the Rhino Gang Q&A, so we will talk about that a little bit later. But great win for Neil Magny. I think they said he's only uh, a few fights away from having the most fight wins, I should say, in UFC welterweight history. With what, a, what a feather in the cap that, that would be for him. He definitely wants to stay active. He even talked about that in the post-fight interview. Neil Magny is somebody, again, who I think will forever kind of be in that, you know, three to six, seven, eight position at, at Walter Wade. There's, there's most 
of the guys that he can beat on any given night. And he is a really good, really talented fighter. And again, do I want to see Robbie Lawler again? Yes, but against somebody who will be more of his kind of flavor of a fight, which again, we'll talk about in the uh, question and answer aspect of our show. So moving into the main event, we had Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rakic. Uh, yeah, again, this was really one-way traffic for the most part. They started with some leg kicks. Both were landing, but legitimately for almost the entire fight, it was Rakic on top, wrestling, holding Smith down, landing some GNP. Smith never really got off. Again, this was a this was a three-round main event, which I never I'm never a fan of. I like the fives. Like I think the main event is supposed to be special. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be, holy shit, we're the main event. And so we've got to be able to go through five full uh, five three-minute rounds, and it, that kind of took a little bit of the of the awesomeness off of it for me, or like the excitement, I guess. But I guess it really wouldn't have mattered because if there was two more rounds of that, it just would have been more racket, kind of ragdolling and you know holding on top of Anthony Smith. I picked Anthony Smith last night, which was yeah clearly the wrong call. <laughs> racket just was dominant, but. It would have been it would have been nice if he would have put the pedal to the metal a little bit on the ground and pound and really tried to get Anthony Smith out of there. But he got the clear cut UD. So you know we had a a fight card, a main card that was all decisions. Now sometimes that's really good, and sometimes not so much. I thought the last three fights on the card, the Grasso, Magni, and Rakic fights, which they won, were not the most exciting fights in the world. But it is what it is. They can't all be barn burners. I really enjoyed the prelims. So, you know, I'm definitely not complaining. I'm really glad we have content nonetheless. So D Reigns, I believe we have Drea's drop of the night coming up next. So why don't we give Drea a call? We're breaking up. Hold on a second. Was that my phone or was that? No, that was D. That was just Dave. Happens with the three ways on as long as you and I can hear each other. Okay. That's, that's all that matters. Okay. Okay. In three, two, one. All righty. We have connected with our feature player, Drea, everybody's favorite, Fucking feature player on the CSWR show, Drea. We have your drop of the night from last night. What out of all the fights over the weekend did you pick for your infamous drop of the night? My drop of the night comes from last night's UFC Fight Night prelims. Alessia, uh, I'm gonna say it wrong. Uh, did she- <laughs> versus I struggled, that coming. I struggled, I struggled on one too, don't worry. <laughs> uh, that coming as well. What an end um, to that fight. Final seconds of the fight um, was shots flying back and forth. Uh, but in the last second, Zach found an opening and connected with this left high kick uh, to the head and it dropped Alessio at the buzzer. Um, it was an exciting fight to watch. I wish for him that it was, you know, called off as a KO or a TKO, but it wasn't because it was right at the last second. Um, but thankfully, he still ended up pulling off the decision win on that. So congrats to Zach Cummings on that win. And you get Drea's drop of the night. So Drea's drop of the night goes to Zach Cummings. And yeah, dude, and here's the thing. I love the last 10 or 15 seconds of a third round or a fifth round when guys really open up and just say, fuck it and go for it. You know what I mean? Go for Max, broke. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Max, Max Holloway is infamous for that. Even up, you know, three rounds or nothing or four rounds, mm-hmm. five rounds. But the, that's there's the flip side, right? You could get caught with something at the very end, and it really sway the judges. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, what what a fun what a fun flurry that was! And a fun yeah, it was. Back, man, it was good. So yeah, last night I did. I just talked about it on the show earlier today. Last night was was like it was a tale of two. Right? Like the first half of all of the 
uh, prelims were fun. Like I really enjoyed the prelims. And then, and then I love the first fight. I love the, uh, on the main card. I love the bill versus Ricardo fight, but then the next three were just kind of lackluster mm. for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. So the, the, the thing about it is that usually when that happens, it doesn't happen twice in a row. Right. right. So now as we get into our main card picks for next week, let's put some good juju out. Let's put some some <laughs> some prayers up to the MMA guys. And next week's main card is going to bring the fire. Hopefully the prelims do too. But there's some potential for some real fucking barn burner, some big stoppages, some nice subs next week. So let's go ahead and dive right in. And I will want to say this, this is a uh, <laughs> this is a fact that we all know that it's an ever evolving situation with the cards that happened with the UFC. So for example, today, the main event, like, I'm sorry, the main card for Sakai versus Overeem Fight Night is not even on the UFC fucking website, right? But it is on Tapology. So we have our main card picks as they stand at the moment for this coming UFC Fight Night. What is it? Nine and next, which is Overeem versus Sakai. So I will go ahead and dive right in with my first pick for the main card of next Saturday's show, I have got Tiago Moises versus Jalen Turner and beating Jalen Turner by unanimous decision. What about you, Drea? I am taking uh, Tiago Moises as well, defeating Jalen, but I think he's going to submit him. I'm going submission in the second on that. Second round sub for the feature play, Drea. All righty. Then Shajara Eubanks versus Colt Rosa. I've got Sajara Eubanks winning by unanimous decision over Rosa in this one. What about you? Oh, we're the same on that one. I'm taking Sajara Eubanks um, unanimous decision as well. She's got a really good top top position. She's a really strong wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sajara Eubanks should really consider taking that to the ground early and often in that one. All righty. So then we got Michelle Pajeda with his uh, unique style versus Zalim. I'm a dev. And I think this one's going to go the distance. I think this could have some some fun stuff that's going to happen in it. But I got a unanimous decision for Michelle Pajeda. What about you? Uh, wow, we're we're totally on the same page on this one. Um, I took uh, Michelle Pereira as well for a unanimous decision. I think it's going to go the distance. Should be a fun fight, uh, in my opinion. But I'm taking Michelle Pereira. Well, I know since we've already tried to make a decision for this next fight. I know we're on opposite ends of the table on this one. So finally rescheduled the OSP versus Alonzo Menafield fight. I, again, am going to say, I've got to say through over Menafield by third round submission via the OSP choke. OSP over Menafield, third round choke. What about I am taking Alonzo Menafield uh, with a decision win, I must say. You got a missed decision. He really brings her in OSP, the Wiley veteran. Should be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. But I'm really looking forward to the main event. <laughs> we got Alistair Overeem versus Augusto Sakai. You want to talk about two big, tall, strong fucking strikers. Sakai younger than Overeem, but far less experienced. I think it's yeah. possible that Sakai could catch him early. I mean, it really is. But Overeem has really adopted more of a elusive style, particularly in the early rounds uh, in the the latter part of his career. Uh, This guy is one of the most skilled 
heavyweight that's ever fought in the UFC. He's got multiple championships and multiple organizations in MMA. And then that's not even to mention his nonstop kickboxing career that he's had over the past, you know, 15, 18 years, whatever it is. So I have got Alistair Overeem, also known as the Reem, also known as the demolition man in his career, over Augusto Sakai by a third round TKO. And I'm even going to get specific on it, Drea. I'm going to call <laughs> up against the cage. He is going to hit. He is going to hit Sakai with a knee to the body, which will cripple him, and then Overeem will jump on top and finish him with some GNP. That's my call on that one. What is your position on this fight? Well, that sounds like a beautiful finish uh, for me. I also chose Alistair Overeem uh, via TKO in the third. I wasn't going to get that specific, but your ending <laughs> sounds great to me. <laughs> so let's go with that. Um, I agree. Alistair's just been, he's so elusive and he's with his experience in the cage. He's just been around for so long. Um, I don't doubt that Sakai could get like one of those, you know, bomb finishes and, and catch him, but Overeem's definitely, he has that experience and he's, um, I think he's going to pull it off. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure on that one. So uh, let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. We got some great ones today. I know our first one comes from my homie Jessica at Renee Jess. And what question today, Drea? With the main event for tonight being decent, does it make us feel the light heavyweight is now one of the least exciting divisions? Yon versus Ray is okay but neither is um as as marketable as jones and with the return of anthony rumble johnson is that the savior that we need for the division so yeah i i, I agree with you that two five is not nearly as deep as it has been in years past there it's top heavy for sure uh yeah i'm definitely calling it shallow you know what i'm saying because there's still a lot of very talented fighters at 205 does it need an injection of excitement Absolutely, because when you've got arguably the greatest fighter of all time moving up to a different division out of the 205, which he has ruled essentially for a very long time, you know, it loses a little bit of its luster. You know, part of the narrative of 205 is it's guys trying to climb the mountain to get to knock the king off of the top, right? And John Jones is 100% the king of the 205, the best 205 ever, without question. Um, Will Jan and uh, will Jan and Reyes be a good fight? I think it will. And I think they're both extremely talented, and I think they'll both be good champions. Rumble Johnson has to – I'm not sold on him on his return yet, right? He, If you saw pictures of him, dude, he had gotten up to – he was like – he had to be 300 pounds, dude, of, of just brick house muscle. He had put so much weight on, and he had gotten so big, and he hasn't fought competitively in a long time. I've got to see him fight a time or two before I'll really get – you know, back on the hype train of if, if he could be the savior of the 205 division or if he could be the next star or the next champion. I, I You know, th the thing about Jan and Dom is that they could beat anybody just like Jones when he was champ, but I think they could be beaten by four or five guys. I know Yuri Prohaska is really, there's a lot of buzz around him with his experience, particularly in kickboxing and his ability to find finishes in all kinds of ways. Yuri Prohaska is very exciting. Obviously, Rumble Johnson coming back. Very exciting. It, it, it's a division that needs an injection, right? Like I said before. So I don't know if Rumble is. I'm going to have to see him fight at least once, if not twice, for our really kind of, you know, assessment on coming back. But yeah, I think Jan and Dom, um, 
are great fighters, and I look forward to who's going to win that fight, dude. So great question, my friend, Jessica. Thank you so much for asking. And I know my next one comes from my homie, Mr. B, from over in New York. Mr. B, what is your question today, my brother? Is it time to make Robbie Lawler versus Mike Perry? Oh, yeah. Dude, are you crazy? <laughs> of course it is. Dude, I'm all for this fight happening. It is the potential to be one of those slugfests that we talk about for you know, years afterwards. It, it would be war of attrition. It would be the first one to land that big shot. It would be blood and guts. There, that fight has so much fun potential to it. Is Robbie ever going to be back in title contention? Probably not. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. I love him. I talked about it earlier, but he's just not there. Let's give him two or three more if he wants to continue. Let's give him two or three more fights that will kind of cement the fact and let him go out on his shield as a fucking bad motherfucker like he has been for almost two decades. Mike Perry, I don't like him. I don't think I've ever liked him. I don't like what he says. I don't, I don't like his attitude. I don't like a lot of things about him. However, the dude puts on exciting brawls. That's what he knows. That's what he's known for. That's what he can do. What do you think, Drea? I'm with you. I, I, I agree. Mike Perry just, I used to like him because he was kind of fun and just always, you know, just talk random trash. But, you know, in this most recent incidents, I just think he's, just not a good person and i personally don't like him i think it might be a little while before we even see him fight again with all the stuff that he has going on so either way i'd love to see the fight he's a brawler it'll get in there it'll be an interesting fight it'll be a fun fight to watch and i'm sure a lot of shit talking to to lead into it um (laughs) the way that mike perry is um you know, he's a personality, I guess. It's not really a good one, but he definitely gets gets watches. Yeah, um, the good news about the, the good news about that is that would never affect Robbie Lawler. You can't get under his skin. You can't oh, no. him, but it'll be fun for the rest of us watching. Oh yeah, just there. all yeah. from the outside, like seeing day to day what's going on. It's yeah, for sure. be hilarious. And I'm the fight to me would probably be a barn burner. Yeah, dude. <clears> I'm for sure agreeing on that one. So I know our next well, oh, thank you so much, Mr. B, for getting that question in, brother. Appreciate you, my friend. All right, and then we have our Canadian contingency, the rage and sweet potato from up in Canada. What is that this week for us, Drea? At my high school wrestling club, we had a saying, only losers celebrate the win. Winners already know they've won before it starts. Our head coach didn't allow post-win celebrations as he felt they may uh, make you look weaker. What are some of the things that your coaches have instilled in you over the years that affect how you fight, how you view fights? Excuse me. Oh, that's okay. Um, well, there's, you know, that there's two ways of looking at it, dude. So on the one hand, I, I, I hear what they're saying and I, and I agree with it to a point. The, the problem is now with team sports, like all the way through, like I played football, basketball, track all the way through my whole life uh, that, it's okay to celebrate some with your with your friends after a win. I think um, as far as team sports go, uh, you definitely don't want to gloat. You definitely don't want to be a cocky ass about it. But it's okay to have a little bit of a celebration. But I completely am on the other end of the spectrum when it comes to the fight game. It is it's impossible to fully articulate how gnarly the process is leading up to a fight. All of the physical strain of a training camp, all of the mental and emotional draining on you it is because it's terrifying, dude. Anybody who says it's not is fucking lying or they're insane. The the idea of particularly, and I'm not trying to 
be a dick about weight classes. But I'm saying, particularly at heavyweight, it's a whole different ball game. Of I've got a guy who I'm going to be fighting who is you know six five and two sixty of steel who looks like he can flip a car over. You know what I mean? And I've got to get in the mentality to go in there and fight him. And he's capable, not just like willing, but he's capable of, of really hurting me or, you know, so, or worse. So it's such a hard uh, situation to put yourself into and do over and over and over again. So when it's over, like when finally all the buildup is over and you get in there and you fucking fight, it is such a mix of relief and of happiness and of, um, you know, it's something that you need to celebrate. For me, I, every single coach I ever had or trainer in, in boxing was always like, you got to fucking live it up after a win, dude. At least for a little while. So afterwards, you always hang out with your friends. You always see your lady. You always, you know, you put on a party a little bit. Now, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a big drinker or or any other, th- you know, any other vices like that per se. But yeah, get your friends together, bro. Go out to dinner, you know, go get some pizzas at home and celebrate. You know, I don't mean gloating like in the cage or in the ring and being, you know, do flips and whatnot. I think that's excessive or yelling shit at your opponent or still talking shit. Like that's, that's weak sauce as far as I'm concerned. Shout out to my man, Marquise, weak sauce radio. But that's definitely weak. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely weak sauce. Uh, but yeah, dude, you should celebrate things like that. I, I, again, it's one of those situations where in life, how many times are you going to be able to have that feeling? You know, it's, you're never promised to win another fight after you've had a fight. So yeah, I say definitely celebrate. It doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make you feel like you've never been there before. It doesn't negate that you respect your opponent. Yeah. You should definitely celebrate a big win. Um, Yeah. That's how I feel about that one. So great question. Race sweet potato, a nice out of the box one, which I always appreciate. So Andrea, before we let you go, I want you to take the mic, take the stage, and take a few curtsies for your <laughs> dominant win over your homie Rhino last night in the picks. How did you feel like your picks went last night versus mine? They definitely were better than yours. <laughs> and I love saying that. <laughs> uh, to be honest. I would have been happy with just winning more than three because last week <laughs> my picks were absolutely <laughs> horrible and I only won three. Um, so it was definitely a good night. I enjoyed watching the fights a little bit better when I was when I was winning, that's for sure. Uh, my picks definitely didn't go as good as Deja. Freaking shout out to Deja. Did you see she only No, how would she do? She only missed one. <laughs> nice. I did see her regular profile picture was back, so I knew she won. Yeah, I, I know. I had, well they lost one. I had one saw time. her. I saw her card picks up, and um, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, ours are really similar. There are only a couple that were different. Um, the only fight she lost, I believe, was Lawler, and I was like, oh, yeah, she did really good. So, congrats to Deja on getting your picture back. Good job. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> um, you know what else too is that I made sure I brought this up because last week. I was teasing you because I, you know, I beat you so badly. But again, then, then, then Scott Nolan, my homie, our homie, who uh, you know puts it on, and he's like, "Oh, Ryan was being mean to you." I was not being mean. I was really having fun, <laughs> I know. and you know that. But Scott, bro, my co-host, one of my best friends in the world, Dre over here. That's just part of what we do. If you saw the some of the some of the visceral mean texts she sends me when she's beating me in these things, you would know. That it was oh, quit lying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
<laughs> no, she doesn't. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when she beats me, I definitely will bring it up and I will make it fair and square that she absolutely kicked my ass in picks last night. And um, yeah, you definitely deserve the 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 adulation of winning last <laughs> night. So we'll see. We have a lot of similar picks for next week, but we'll have, I'm sure we'll have plenty of other picks. Yeah, I think a lot of times we agree a lot in the prelims, so I'm sure our prelims <laughs> right? will we'll differ. So yeah, so good luck to you. Good luck <laughs> to you next week. Uh, thanks for my props this week. <laughs> you are very welcome. More than well-deserved. <laughs> you did a great job once again. We appreciate you, and we will definitely talk to you uh, before next week. All right. See you next week. All right. Bye-bye. All righty, folks. Now let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. There was actually some technical problems uh, going on with Anchor over the last, uh, over the last, I guess, day or so. But so yeah, I've had a couple of people try to call in questions. They couldn't actually get through. So that's a bummer. I hope that's uh, taken care of pretty easily. But thankfully, my man Kairos on the Shots Fire podcast got his in uh, a couple nights ago. So he is safe and sound and in our uh, in our soundboard. So what is Kairos? Have for us today, D. Reigns. Hey, Rhino. Hey, Dre. I have a question for you guys. I kind of stole this from Twitter, though, so don't act like I invented it because I'm not going to take credit for it. Anyway, currently Hannah Cyphers is fighting like three times in one or two months, maybe four, and it hasn't been looking good for her. She hasn't gotten any wins, and I feel like her pushing the issue and pressing the issue in hopes of getting a W is only hurting her chances in the long run because I feel like she's just going to continue to accumulate L's and inevitably get cut as a result. Do you think that she'll eventually get a win? Do you think that this is just going to be the end of her UFC tenor? because she self-sabotaged her career. Let me know. Thank you so much. Hey, Kairos, my main man, my fellow Michiganiac, the homie from the Shots Fire podcast. Kairos, this is a good question, dude. So Hannah Cyphers, there's a couple of things about the, about Hannah Cyphers. One, dude, there's no shame in losing to people like Angela Hill or Mackenzie Dern. They're great fighters. They're above her level. Again, that, those I think she should have lost for being the level that she is. Now, Agapova and Martin are a different story. Um, those are fights that I think she should have won or should have at least been really competitive in. And she was last night with Martin in the first round. She pretty much dominated the first round. She knocked her down, really stunned her, tried to finish, but then got quickly RNC'd in the second round. I definitely don't think she self-sabotaged. I think she really believed that she had the skill set to win these fights. I know there's a little bit of like, well, she was available. She, you know, she was willing and she answered the call to fight. So part of it is on her and her team to be like, yeah, go back in there. You got this. You got this. Well, now she's got four L's in a row. When you do that, particularly in a short time frame, you need to take a step back, right? You need to go back to the regional scene. As far as I'm concerned, you, you are not UFC ready. Again, if she had just lost to Dern and to Hill, who are great fighters, no harm, no foul. I think she's fine in her career. But Agapova, as we saw, is no world beater uh, in her last fight. Martin, not so much either. So I think Cyprus really needs to uh, get back to the gym, reassess some things, look at what she's doing wrong and how to fix it, and you know, move down to a regional promotion, get, get three or four more wins under her belt if she can, and then she can make another run. Uh, if not in the UFC, then in another major organization, because I think she's a talented, I think she's a talented fighter, just has not lived up to what I think she's capable of in the last four fights, and particularly the last two. So great question, Kairos. Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, we had some 
we had some technical difficulties on Anchor, so we only got the one question in. But you got yours in before they were having some problems. So I appreciate you, my brother. And uh, definitely check out him on Shots Fired, which is an amazing, formerly known as the Wocast, which is an amazing MMA and just overall podcast. Dude, great, great talent over there. Great show. I love it very, very much. So Kairos, again, my fellow Michiganiac, thank you so much for calling in. My friend. So now, everybody, let's give ahead and get our shout-outs to my dear friends of the Rhino Gang who participated in today's show. Definitely, Jessica, for your awesome question. Mr. B, my dear brother, I appreciate you. The homie, Rage Sweet Potato, for your out-of-the-box and always entertaining questions. Uh, my dear friend, Kai Rose, from the Shots Fired Pod. Thank you so much, my friend. And I also want to give some shout-outs to my homies in the Rhino Gang, Scott Nolan, Trouble, Mixta, all the homies in the MCCI. Chelsea, Delilah for the TKO podcast, which is great. You guys should definitely check that out. Uh, G, obviously, everybody in the Rhino Gang who listens every week, who gives me the feedback. I really, really appreciate you guys. Of course, to my future player, Andrea, to D. Reigns, the best engineer in the biz and very good advice giver, if I will say so myself. My dear homie, Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes, the Einstein of graphic design, my good friend, the guy who designs all our posters. Definitely check his work out. They don't get better in the world of graphic design than my man, Dave Fretz. So on that note, I want to say you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. Definitely be good, be kind to each other, keep your social distancing. If there's not justice for all of us, there is justice for none of us. Black Lives Matter. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Cage time!